To everybody in the room and those of you that are watching online, I'm so glad that you're here. I haven't met you. My name's Grant. 1 John chapter 4 says, God showed us how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sin. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love one another. Some years ago, I was struggling. At the time, my son Braden and I were at JH Ranch. Braden was about 15 years old, and I was struggling with the idea how could God love someone like me? That night, we went to a worship time underneath this great big white, big circus tent. And I was confronted fully and completely with some of those kinds of questions. How could God love someone like me? Why was it so hard for me to receive God's love? Why was that a struggle in the depth of my soul simply to be loved? And the tension and the conversation came to kind of a melting point when, when the band began to play a song, a song that we're going to sing in just a couple of moments. The song's lyrics were both intimate and uncomfortable. They were poetic and deeply problematic for me. I just ended up standing there. I didn't sing, and Jesus stood with me. So we're going to sing that song. It's been a while since we've sung it here. For some of you, it will be highly familiar. For others, it will be somewhat new. Some of you will receive this song. It will pour into your soul. You will open your heart, and it's going to fill your cup to the top. Others of you, if you're a little like me, you're going you're gonna to struggle with this. And that's okay, because we're going to embrace this whole topic of letting God love us together. If you're at home, would you stand with me? If you're in the room, would you stand with me? If you're at a coffee shop, would you stand with me? If you're driving, would you stay right where you are? Um, and let's worship God together, Shane and Abby and Mark Letus.
Can you just open your heart and receive that today? Jesus loves you. He loves me. Loves us today. If that was hard for you, we're going to talk about it. Would you grab a seat? I've sensed it in the room all morning long and last night too. Some people were like, oh, yes, he loves me. And other people going, I don't know. I'll be honest with you, the name Beloved is one that I struggled to put in the series. In fact, I, I put it in, I took it out. <laughs> I put it back in again, I took it out. 
I left it out. God said, put it back in. And here's why I struggle with the name beloved. It just seems so cheesy, so sticky, so sweet. There's something in me that's just like, everybody else can be the beloved, but I'm not sure I want that. But the reality is God has named us his beloved. And it's a struggle for some of us who who struggle with that kind of affection. So we're gonna embrace that impasse together. And I'm gonna start with a guilty pleasure that I want to confess to you. My guilty pleasure is a series of videos called The Dodo. If you don't know what The Dodo is, you should. The Dodo puts out small videos about the transformation that happens when a rescue dog who's been abused its entire life is suddenly introduced to love. The stories are hard to watch. For me, they're hard to watch because you see these amazing dogs that have been caged and brutalized and neglected and the stories often start with them covered with sores and filth and they're unable to walk because they've never even been outside of a cage and often they find them responding in the only way they know how. They're tucked in the back of this crate and they are just shivering and cowering in fear. And then transformation happens. And I love watching it. When I'm having a bad day, I'll watch a dodo video. I'm just like, it gives me hope. I love watching love transform a reality. I watch, I love watching the transformation that simply happens when a loving soul shows up. Side note, people often come to me with the theological question, Grant, will, will dogs be in heaven? And my answer is always this. So if people get in... Um, then I think dogs are going to be there first because I think dogs are just better. Can I get an amen from dog lovers in the room? All right? The dodo shows what happens is people begin to love a dog who's never been loved. And the process always starts the same. It starts slow with this new owner sitting outside of the crate, sometimes for hours. And they introduce food and then human touch. And there's always this gentle voice that says, it's okay, nobody's going to hurt you. It's okay. Nobody's going to hurt you. It's a, it's a quiet declaration that life has changed for this little furry one because love showed up. Love showed up. It's going to be okay. Nobody's going to hurt you. Transformation always begins with a declaration. The most famous declaration in all of Scripture was preached to me that night at J.H. Ranch, and I struggled to internalize it because I, I just heard it so many times before. But it's a declaration of love that shows up on signs at football games. It's emblazoned on t-shirts. It's occupied a fair amount of wall art over the years. And the caution that I'm going to give you before I actually read it to you is that for some of you, you've heard it so many times, it's completely lost its impact. What if you opened your heart today? What if you actually believed? It's, gonna, it's okay. Nobody's going to hurt you. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him. There's no denying the love of God is powerful and potent and overwhelming and wrapped up in these two verses is the truth about God's love. I'll try to encapsulate it for you. The love of God is extravagant. 
It's lavish. It's over the top. It, it pours over the edges. God gave the most precious gift that he could ever give his one and only son. That is an, ex an extravagant act of love and generosity. Secondly, the love of God is sacrificial. God gave his only son as a parent. I can't even fathom that, to give up one of my children for the sake of someone else, but that's exactly what God the Father did. He gave sacrificially of himself, offered his son Jesus to die. The love of God is unconditional. It says, whoever believes. We do such a great job of putting people in categories, and this is a nice person, and that's a bad person. God says, my love is so unconditional that anyone who turns to me, anyone, I will receive them. I'll give them eternal life in exchange for the life of my son Jesus. My love has no conditions. It's, it's equal for every single person. And then I had to add this last word, the love of God is relentless. It pursues. Don't let that freak you out. Some of you are like, I don't want to be pursued. That feels invasive. God's love is relentless, not to condemn you, but to save you. You know, when I think about the love of God, I think of that moment in Scripture when Jesus is baptized. I love it because the entire Trinity shows up. God the Father speaks. God the Son enters the water. The Holy Spirit descends like a dove. It's so unbelievably beautiful. And these are the words that God the Father speaks over his son. This is my beloved son, whom I love, and in whom I am well pleased. Can I give you my paraphrase of that? You are mine. I love you. I'm proud of you. You are mine. I love you. I'm proud of you. Parents, every kid in the world needs to hear that. Some of you are like, you don't know my kids, Grant. It doesn't matter. They're your children. And there's an aching hole inside of every kid to hear a parent say, I love you. You are mine. I am proud of you. Everyone needs to hear those. I promise you, if you're struggling in the area of affection, it's because your parents never did this for you. So be the generation that goes a completely different direction. Speak up, parents. I mean, think about this. God the Father's Son was absolutely perfect, and he still said it to Jesus. You are mine. I love you. I am proud of who you are. Not just what you do. Who you are. God's speaking that same truth over you today. The same truth he spoke over Jesus. You are mine. I love you. I am proud of you. Some of you are like, I don't know how to take that. I'm going to say it again. You are mine. I love you. I'm proud of you. Parents, I have a challenge. Drive your kids nuts with those phrases. Call them, text them, message them, phone them, whatever you need to do because it's so unbelievably important. And I'm going to say it again over top of you. This is God speaking. You are mine. I love you. I am proud of you. You are my beloved. Some of us struggle with grand declarations because we learned something along the way, right? Words are cheap. Talk is cheap. And that's somewhat ironic coming from a person who makes his living talking, right? God knows that, so he added to his declaration a demonstration of love. The extravagant and sacrificial gift of Jesus was not cheap. We're not talking flowers and chocolates here. This is not a new sweater, okay? This gift of love was costly to the point of both pain and death. Listen to the words of God being spoken over you right now. Romans chapter 5. 
But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still rebelling, while we were still doing the exact opposite of what we know we should have been doing, while we were like taking God's grace and throwing it to the ground and spitting on top of it, while we were doing that, while we were still sinners, still sinning, Christ died for us. John 15, greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for one's friends. Jesus did that. Oh, how he loves us. Jesus dying was the greatest demonstration of love in all of human history. And in dying, we need to understand Jesus took the the worst of us and put it on the perfection of himself. Jesus took our sin, everything that separated us from God the Father, and he took on the full weight. He wrapped himself in it. He immersed himself in it just so we could be forgiven, set free and loved. The love of God was crystallized in that defining moment as his love was declared and then demonstrated. Talk was not cheap that day. And can I remind you of some of the words that Jesus said from the cross to his father about us? Father, forgive them. Love had been declared, demonstrated. All now it had to be, all it had to be was received. Not just in the mind, but in the heart. And this is where it gets tough. For many, there's just no acceptance of the love of God. Oh, we might know it up here, but it's never penetrated the depth of our soul. And so we hear the declaration and we see the demonstration, but our response is only a deflection of love. When I was in junior high, I had a crush on a girl named Kathy. Actually, every guy in my junior high had a crush on a girl named Kathy. And because Jesus loves me and because of his providence, Kathy was actually in my class, so I got to stare at her all day long. That Farrah Fawcett feathered hair was absolutely mesmerizing to an eighth grade boy, right? And, and so I'm staring weirdly at Kathy all day, and it was the 1980s, so my staring had a soundtrack that was accompanying it, and songs were playing in my head as I'm staring at Kathy... Take my breath away. Right? You know what I'm talking about, Top Gun fans? I'm all out of love and so lost without you. How about this one? Almost paradise. We're knocking on heaven's door. Some of you actually are singing along. That's great. My personal favorite, hello. Is it me you're looking for? All my younger crowd is like, what just happened in church? (laughs) We're in science class, and the teacher told us to find a partner, and I was prepared. I was at Kathy's desk in a nanosecond. I'm like, let's be partners. She said, let's not. (laughs) Shut down. (laughs) I can't make you love me if you don't. I got a thousand, all right? Bonnie Raitt was my friend. In a junior high sort of way, I wanted Kathy to love me, but all I got was deflection and probably some legitimate fear, right? Okay. Even though there was both a declaration and a demonstration of love, the response was a deflection. And this is where some of us get stuck because God says, let me love you. And we respond, let's not. God demonstrates, 
and he declares but all we can muster up inside of ourselves is a deflection of love and here's why we know cognitively that God's love that God loves us but we have no idea how to be loved by him we just don't know how I did a lot of research as to why most people, and I was amazed, psychologists say up to 85% of the population struggles with this. Why most people struggle to accept love, and it doesn't matter if it's the love of God or the love of another person, the reasons that many people deflect love is because of the following. Reason number one, it's past wounds, right? Somewhere in our history, someone said they loved us, but then their actions proved exactly the opposite. Or there was an expectation of love within a family, right? Our brothers and sisters, our mothers, our fathers, they're supposed to love us. But then because of words and, and deeds, we came to a completely different conclusion. We're not loved. And their love w- was empty, even though that it was spoken of. And so we learned a lesson. We pulled away. And now anything that looks like love, we see as suspicious. Another reason we deflect love is because of self-loathing. We deflect love because we believe in the depth of our soul we're unworthy. Over the past two weeks, many of you have come to the cross stations. Those of you watching online have joined us at ctk.church/named. You've entered into this moment, and, and we've asked you over the last number of weeks to lay down a name that you don't want attached to your soul anymore. And we've asked you to pick up new ones. So far, we've covered new creation overcomer and this morning beloved and you laid down name tag after name tag and and I've had the privilege of going through some of them and I'm amazed at how many times these words showed up unloved undeserving of love or just unlovable repeatedly we've called you to surrender a name that makes you experience guilt and shame and you've surrendered it and now you know God loves you up here. Cognitively in your mind, you've decided, yes, God loves me. Today, what we're trying to accomplish, what we've been praying about all week is that that head knowledge drops into the center of your heart and I'm gonna make an admission. This is the spiritual disconnect that I struggle with the most in my faith. I know it here. It's been drilled into my head. I was a good Sunday school kid. I memorized all the verses in Awana. I know it up here. But allowing it to drop in the depth of my soul, embracing it fully, allowing God to love me is a challenge. One more reason we deflect I thought it was worth putting in your outline. Why do we deflect? It's because we believe the love of God is just too good to be true. You've probably heard the old saying, right? If it's too good to be true, it probably is. And this is where God's love blows that old saying out of the water. There's no logical effect to the love of God. The love of God is pure without condition. It's authentic and as real as can be. It's offered freely. It's backed up with a demonstration. It was costly and it's accompanied by this reciprocal request. Here's what God says. I know you know it here. If you're going to drop down here, you're going to need to respond to my love. I've poured everything out that I can in your direction, but here is what I need you to to receive. This is what I need you to grab a hold of. And you actually find the answer breaking up the name beloved. This is what God wants of all of us. Just be loved. Grant, be loved. Drop your defenses. 
Lay down the old wounds. Stop believing the lies of self-loathing. Just be loved. One of the things I love about Christ the King is this church talks back. So I've been getting emails and different things, suggestions of different names that have helped transform people and the way they view themselves through the eyes of God. And this past week, Barb Kruger sent me a song. It describes the journey of receiving the name Beloved. So let me just read these lyrics to you. You've owned your fear and all your self-loathing. You've owned the voices inside of your head. You've owned the shame and reproach of your failure. It's time to own your belovedness. You've owned your past and how it's defined you. You've owned everything everybody else says. It's time to hear what your father has spoken. It's time to own your belovedness. Because he says, you're mine. I smiled when I made you. I find you beautiful in every way. My love for you is fierce and unending. I'll come to find you, whatever it takes, my beloved. You've owned the mess you see in the mirror. You've owned the lies that you're just not enough. You've been so blinded by all your comparing. It's time to own your belovedness be loved I found that there's only one path to be loved by God you can't dance around the edges of it you can't kind of dip your toe in the water you need to fully immerse and embrace the love of God experientially spiritually emotionally you have to choose a deep immersion into the love of God. And I, I was searching for an illustration, and I got some help from some friends. And, and Laurel loves blankets. Like, I mean, my wife loves blankets. They're all over our house. We've got blankets on sofas, blankets on beds, blankets on chairs. We've got baskets of blankets. We've got blankets all over the place. They look nice. Joanna Gaines has nothing on my wife. I mean blankets everywhere apparently there's different names for them i don't even know there's like throws and someone said they call binky what that's i thought that was a baby thing i don't know um they're nice to look at but that's not the real purpose of a blanket a blanket is for warmth if you want to experience the purpose of a blanket you actually have to wrap yourself in the blanket. Sometimes this is what happens. So on Sunday, Sunday morning, I, I kind of work all morning and, and Saturday night was a very full day and, and that whole thing together and meetings and preaching and all the rest of it. So I go home on Sunday afternoons and sometimes I just turn on the television to watch another Seattle team lose badly. That's just how it works. And then I fall asleep about halfway through because we're not winning. And sometimes I'll experience this. I'll be laying there kind of half in between conscious and unconscious and I will feel a blanket being placed over top of me. And if I wanted to, as that blanket wraps itself around me and accomplishes its purpose, I could do this. What are you doing? I don't want that. I wonder how many of us have responded to God in exactly the same way. Like, there it is. 
it's available. I could wrap it around my heart if I wanted to, but I think I'm just going to hold it right over here because I just don't feel very comfortable with it. You see, I've got, I've got to embrace it. Just like I have to embrace the warmth of this blanket, I have to embrace the love of God if I actually want to find rest and comfort and love. If I don't receive it, it has no effect. And, and here's the other thing. If I'm not willing to be loved by God, I have no opportunity to love anybody else. We can't give what we don't have. In order to love, we've got to receive God's love first. Some of you are struggling with this right now. It's like the cheese factor's kicking in. You're like, my pastor wrapped himself in a warm blankie today, and I don't know what to do with that. You know what? The church has been struggling with this for years. When the song that we sang first came out, they changed the lyrics because people were uncomfortable. I insisted that we sang the original lyrics this morning. And the original lyric says this, when heaven meets earth like a sloppy wet kiss. People heard that and they're just like, we can't sing about that in church. That's not cool. Why? Because we struggle with the beauty of the love of God. We don't know what to do with it. Some of you are veterans of the faith. You have loads of God's love all over your life. It's everywhere. And your response to it has been to to put it in the corner over the edge of a chair. Now, apparently now we're putting them on ladders and leaning them up against a wall. Apparently that's a style thing now. Um, and, and, and we use them as decoration instead of actually embracing the purpose and wrapping it around our heart and soul and simply being loved. Listen to the words of God. See what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called the children of God. Some of your translations say beloved of God. And then there's a declaration, and that is what we are. Let me read that again. See what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called the beloved, the children of God. And that is what we are. God has placed that name in front of you right now, this morning, in this moment. You are the beloved of God. The choice you have is will you be loved? Be loved today. This immersion, it takes time and it starts with a declaration. I've spoken about this before. On my way into work in the morning, I make declarations out loud. I say things that make me uncomfortable because I know them to be true. It helps my soul I love speaking to God in that way, and I don't mind it either if the devil hears good truth coming out of my mouth, puts him in his place, silences his lies. So I'm gonna read a confession that I've been using over this last little bit. It actually originally came and was inspired by Henry Nouwen. Some of you recognize some of his writing, but I adapted it for me. This is my confession. I am not what I do. I'm not what I've done. I'm not what people say about me. I choose to be loved. I am the beloved of God. It's who I am. No one can take it from me. So I don't have to worry and I don't have to hurry. I belong to Jesus and that's enough. We've been embracing 
some of the awkwardness of the love of God. So let's just continue in that vein. I'm gonna read a line of this confession. I would like you to repeat it out loud with me. I'll say a line, you say a line. Every word of it's true. So let's say it together. I'll start, you guys follow along. I'm not what I do. I'm not what I've done. I'm not what people say about me. I choose to be loved. I am the beloved of God. It's who I am. No one can take it from me. I don't have to worry. I don't have to hurry. I belong to Jesus. And that's enough. And all God's people said, wherever you hesitated, that's where the work begins. That night at JH Ranch in the big tent, I walked to the front and I nailed down at a hay bale altar, <laughs> poured out my heart to God about my struggle to be loved. And the tears in the runny nose did not come from my allergies. God's love wrapped itself around my heart and called me into a place that I'm still learning how to navigate, but it's getting better. The place of being loved. So we're gonna have an opportunity to respond, but maybe in a different way. We sang a, a song earlier. How deep the Father's love for us. We're gonna do something different with it at the end of the service. Abby, Shane, and Mark are just going to sing it over you. All you need to do is sit and receive. We're not gonna put the lyrics up. I don't want your brain to get in the way. I just want your heart to be open because you might have sang it the first time and completely missed the depth of God's love. After the service, I want to give you an opportunity as well. After we're done, the crosses are still here and available for you. If you're watching online, you can go to ctk.church named. That same opportunity is there for you. Maybe you need to come forward after the service and write out another name you're gonna lay down. Maybe it's the same name from the past couple of weeks. Maybe it's a brand new name. Maybe God is kind of peeling this off in layers. But I wanna to add to the challenge today some of you need to come forward and lay a name down. Some of you need to come to one of the crosses and take a name home. And if this has resonated with you in the struggle or you're already all in, I want to encourage you to grab one of the name tags and a marker and write the name Beloved on it and carry it with you for the whole week. That's who you are. So as we prepare to be sung over, as we prepare to embrace this moment of simply receiving, today instead of praying over you and for you, I'd like to, I'd like to just pray for me, <laughs> about me, and have you eavesdrop. Let's pray together. Father God, I am so grateful that I belong to you. You said, I am the apple of your eye, and I am so grateful. You said, you love me, and I'm grateful. I am your beloved child.
I thank you that you know all of my fears, my worries, and imperfections. And yet you still call me your beloved. And today I acknowledge you are calling me to be loved. Being loved is not about what I do. It's who I am. God, I'm not what I've done, but what Jesus did for me. And so I embrace the words today. You are mine. I love you. I'm proud of you. God, there's no greater love than that. So Lord, I receive your love today. In the name of the Father who says, you're mine, I love you, I'm proud of you. In the name of the Holy Spirit who said, I'm here to comfort you and bring you into all understanding about the love of God. And I pray in the name of Jesus who said, you are my beloved.